You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 359 with Amber Sandberg. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Well, hello, you guys. I'm super excited to be here today. So I've been wanting to talk about this for a while now. If you've been listening to me, I have done episodes on cycle syncing or talking about perimenopause or hormones. And the reason why I want to talk about this stuff is because I think a lot of people don't know what's happening with their bodies, especially as they go into their forties and they might be thinking, oh, you know what? This is just normal. And I guess I just have to deal with this. And so for those of you that are not on birth control, because I will say if you are on birth control or if you have an IUD, I don't know if you notice these things as much as someone who is not on these things. And I say that because I have asked many friends um, or people in my life, um, do they have certain symptoms and whatnot? And they don't. And I just think, wow, like that's incredible um, in one way. Um, But at the same time, I do think your body is still going through things, especially as you go into your forties and go into perimenopause. And I do want to challenge you to think about Um, talking to your doctor and like, how do you know that you're going to start experiencing things? Because things like hot flashes and all that stuff could come up, even if you are on birth control and you may not be prepared because you're not having a a cycle every month to kind of give you this like warning of like, Hey, something's different. Uh, Pay attention. Um, So I wanted to kind of talk about this. I am in no means an expert. um, But one of the things that have come across, um, my desk is just, you know, people who talk about the stuff, books, uh, podcasts. And so I do like to pay attention to this and also just having people on the show, interviewing them. It really has opened my eyes in regards to our cycle as a woman. The one thing that really kind of stands out to me, and it, I didn't realize this until maybe a couple years ago, uh, that a man's cycle is 24 hours. And a woman cycle is, you know, the cycle that they have. So if they have a 25, 25 day cycle, 28 day cycle, 31 day cycle, that is their cycle. A man starts over every day. I don't know about you, but that was kind of mind blowing for me. I was like, whoa. And so we have been trained to kind of work on a man's schedule. And um, that's not how we function. So we don't wake up every day starting the same way every morning and then going through the day the same way like a man does. So you think about it, kids, um, you know, they're on a 24 hour day cycle. A girl before she goes through puberty is on a 24 day cycle, a 24 hour day, uh, well, 24 hour cycle. And then when you're in menopause, you're on a 24 hour cycle. And so one thing I remember someone saying this or reading this, maybe I had someone on the show and they were talking about, you know, a man is more like the sun the sun rises and then it sets. We're more like the moon. You know how the moon changes throughout the month? Again, I was kind of like, wow, I never realized or thought about that before, how we are so different. And so I really wanted to kind of talk to you guys about this and kind of what I've learned. And I'm going to break this down for you guys because I do think there's a lot of information. I don't do everything um, based on, you know, what I'm going to share with you. I don't follow everything. One thing that I really don't do is the food. And that may be something that I need to look into um, and start to follow. And I will talk about that, not on this episode. I'm going to break this down. So one of the people that I really 
fell in love with. Her name is Elisa Vitti. And she has a book called The Woman Code and In the Flow. I remember hearing her on a podcast, I don't even know, uh, gosh, maybe six, seven years ago. And I started like following her. She has an app that you can use to track your cycle and all that stuff. And it was really interesting to me because if you listen to my episode where I talked about adrenals, um, I really had to pay attention to my adrenals. And I said in that past episode, I can't remember what episode number that is, but it was only maybe a few episodes ago. So if you're interested in that, make sure to go listen to that. Um, If I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But why I was paying attention to these things is because my adrenals, if I worked out too hard, I did a certain exercise, like a HIIT exercise, it would just tank my energy level. And I knew it was draining my adrenals. So the other thing that stood out to me is where are you in your cycle and what kind of exercises are the best? So for me, I was seeing acupuncturist uh, to try to get pregnant when I was 30 and she taught me a lot of things. She taught me a lot of things about Chinese medicine and and stuff like that. And she would just kind of say things over time and they just kind of stayed in my mind And to, I think the Western world, it sounds really weird. You're kind of like, what? But she would say these things. And then when I started hearing this stuff or reading about this stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, this kind of overlaps. And these people are not, you know, Chinese medicine and they're saying similar things. And I thought there has to be something to this. So the thing that I want to talk to you guys about is really thinking about your month because like being an extrovert or an introvert, and how you show up socially and, you know, what you like to do and, you know, how do you like to be, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know, like, how do you want to be productive? That all plays a role during your cycle. And so for me, I have started to look at my cycle and think, is this a really good time to do this activity? And I'll give you an example a few years ago. So when I also, when I was paying attention to my adrenals, I also was paying attention to where was I in my cycle? I knew that leading up to my cycle and then also starting my period, those were not the best times for me to pushing, to push it really hard. And I remember my acupuncturist saying that, and then also reading about it and it and saying, don't be doing these like hit exercises, like going really hard. You should be doing things like stretching or yoga. Um, they do say, some the the eastern medicine will say don't do like inversions when you're on your period there's something about like the blood like it needs to come out not go back in now i don't know what western medicine would say but i kind of think like i mean that does sound like that could make sense right so i knew that if i was going to be starting my period and i'm just feeling like i have the pms and i'm just like oh gosh i don't feel that great I knew to not push myself. I wouldn't be going to a boot camp class or doing a really hard class because it's almost like your body is not as strong as it is the rest of the month. So imagine like you know you're getting sick and then you're going to go try to push yourself on a really hard workout. And then when you're menstruating, right, your body is having to work really hard to shed that lining and to do its job. And so to then to be like, let me just stack it with a really hard workout it doesn't necessarily make sense. So if you don't even have adrenal fatigue, but then you are noticing that you feel really tired and you've just done a really strenuous exercise class or whatever, and I want you to think about, okay, did I do that like close to starting my period? 
Was I on my period? And start tracking that stuff. And for me, it gave me some grace to be like, okay, I don't need to be killing myself trying to do all this work, all these crazy workouts, right? And I can listen to my body and follow that pattern. Now, some people, they may not notice anything. They may not notice any difference and, you know, all power to you. Um, but these are for the, this is for the people that are like, you know what, I actually kind of understand what you're saying. And I struggle with this and I don't feel great. And so I want to encourage you to really think about that. The other thing that I want to encourage you to supposedly when I was reading this, that we are more social when we are ovulating. So think about this. Have you ever scheduled something like a social week? Um, maybe when you're ovulating, but you're scheduling it for the beginning or the like before you start your period or the first two days of your period. And you're thinking to yourself, why did I schedule all of this social stuff during this time? Like, what was I thinking? Like, I know all of you introverts are like this. Naturally, it's kind of like, this is me. I'll be like so excited. And I'm like, wait, why did I schedule something? Especially when it's in the evening, when I know I want to be home in comfortable clothes, especially as it gets cold out, right? Like that's an introverted life, right? But say you're not introverted and you're like, yes, I do feel like that. It's like, pay attention to where are you in your cycle, and so you really want to focus on if you are an introvert and you're kind of like, man, I already got to push myself to get out. Well, look at your cycle and see where you're at. I would highly recommend scheduling that more during your ovulation week. Okay. When you are going to start your period, it's kind of almost like you're nesting. So these are the things to kind of pay attention to. It's like, oh, okay. I kind of want to clean. I want to organize. I want to throw things out. I want to purge. You want to do all those things. Just notice if you start doing those types of things. Um, I'm totally blanking on when we're productive. Um, gosh, I'm, tr I'm trying to think that that might be going into your ovulation week. It may be, it may be ovulation during that time. Um, so one thing that I wanted to share with you, because I think that a lot of people think, you know what? I don't need to have a period. So in this book, in the flow, I'm going to read to you. Okay. It talks about this and this was so fascinating to me. And if you are on an IUD or birth control and you don't have a period, this is not to shame you or make you feel bad. It's to open your eyes to think about, is this what you want to do? Um, is this, you know, the path that you want to keep taking? Because if no one has talked to you about this, then you may be like, wow, like I didn't even know that this could be a possibility. And, um, and that's all I'm doing because I know everyone has to make their own decisions. And, um, for me, when I started hearing this stuff, I'm like, wow, I had no idea. Okay. So the myth, this is, she's, she's going through these myths and myth number four is you don't need to have a period. And the truth, it says, yes, it's amazing that as species, we've discovered how to outsmart our bodies by suppressing our cycle, but that doesn't mean we should. And then she jumps in to say, ovulation and therefore menstruation plays an important role in safeguarding our health for decades to come. So this is the part, you guys, that I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know this. Like, I, I had no idea that this is what was happening. Okay. So by having our cycle, it is safeguarding our health. Okay. So let me jump back to this. Okay. Cause I just went off here for a minute. Okay. So it's safeguarding our health for decades to come, protecting us from osteoporosis, heart disease, breast disease, and dementia. 
Every ovulation and cycle puts protective benefits into your health bank account. So you put that in quotes, bank account, for the years when you stop having a cycle. Our menstrual cycle is so critical to our overall health and well-being that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists has decreed that menstruation is the fifth vital sign. Just as important as a pulse, temperature, breathing rate, and blood pressure, If your period has gone MIA, it's considered a sign of health issues such as low estrogen levels, which have become linked to heart issues and bone weakness. A period that arrives like clockwork each month is just as important as having healthy blood pressure levels as at your annual checkup. You guys, I would have had no idea. I think because, you know, we've been sold, oh, go on an IUD. Oh, never have a period again. This is so amazing. Who wants to have a period? But if this stuff is really true, right? Like, let's just think about it. Let's have an open mind. Like, I mean, you think about God created our bodies, right? Like our bodies are a miracle. Like the fact that we can create a human being in our body, right? From nothing to like, here is a baby, right? That has fingernails, eyelashes, hair, a heartbeat, all these things. Our bodies are a miracle and, and it, they're amazing. And God created them to function in an amazing way. And so when I read this, I'm kind of like, well, this kind of makes sense, right? That, that it would be doing something besides just it being annoying, which I think a lot of times we just think, oh, this is so annoying. And so I just wanted to share that with you because it's kind of eye opening. And if you, if, I, I don't want anyone to be like, well, I wish I would have known that, right? And now you're in menopause, let's just say it's like 10, 15 years down the road. And you're like, I wish I would have known that that might've been a possibility. And then I could have talked to my doctor about it, or I could have done some research on it. And, you know, this whole time I thought there is no negative um, component of not having a period. And here you might be missing out on safeguarding. It's kind of like, thinking that you're going to have a 401k, but you didn't realize that you should have been doing that younger and that it compounds and it really makes a difference. You know, the more years you're putting money into it and the younger you start, the better. So if you didn't realize that that made a difference and then you, you get to 65 and you're like, well, I don't have any, you know, I don't have retirement because nobody told me it's like, that's, I don't want you to feel that way. That's what I'm trying to say. So there's another thing that I wanted to read to you guys um, about this because it's something that stood out to me and I was like, okay, I, I, I need to tell you guys this. Okay. So here's the thing. You remember how I was telling you the male 24 hour hormone cycle? I'm going to read to you what that looks like, um, what she's describing. Okay. And then maybe you can kind of think about that in regards to your husband, if you notice this or not. All right. So the morning testosterone and cortisol levels are at their highest when they wake up, making them energetic, communicative, laser focused, ready for sex, cue the morning erection and super efficient at getting stuff done. Afternoon declining testosterone puts him in the mood to socialize and connect with people. This is when he wants to pitch ideas to clients, network with colleagues and meet up for a date. Evening testosterone levels wane, making him more sensitive to his estrogen and generally more interested in cocooning on the couch or finding other ways to quiet his mind. So I just want you to think about your husband and think about, does any of that resonate? Like maybe it's not every single day, but do you see that pattern? So why I say this is because 
we have been taught to be on a 24 hour cycle. Like this is what we should be every single day. Obviously our testosterone is not the same as men, but we don't function that way, you know? And so we don't wake up in the morning being like, yes, let's get to this. Right. (laughs) I I think most women would not like, would agree that like, that's not generally what they're waking up to. Their body is not like geared up to be like, now let's go have sex. I feel like a woman is like, oh my gosh, like I need to get up. The kids have to go. I have to get them ready. Like that's the last thing on their mind. And that goes to show that like, we're not running on a 24 hour cycle. Okay. So then the woman's 28 day cycle. Now keep in mind that yours may not be 28 days. Um, and it changes too. I think as you go in your forties, you start going to perimenopause, it may get shorter. It may be kind of all over the place. So, so she says 28, but just keep in mind that yours might be different. So the women's 28-day cycle bears no resemblance to the 24-hour schedule, but we have been forced to live according to the male hormonal rhythm for so long, we don't even question it. Have we ever stepped back to ask if this makes sense to operate our lives in this way? Hormonally, each day is a new day for men, so we structure our workdays and social lives thinking only about the day of the week or the time of the day, but women's body don't work that way. Our energy is not static day to day, week to week. Our productivity could be completely different depending on where we are in our 28 day cycle. So that's exactly what I was saying to you guys. Okay. So the time we feel most social isn't dictated by the time happy hour starts. And while men tend to recharge in the evening, our cocooning period is tied to a certain time of the month. And so I thought that was just so good because I think too, understanding your body can help you in your relationship. It's like Enneagram, you know, I've done Enneagram episodes. It's kind of like, Oh, you're a one. So you do things like this and I'm a whatever. And it's like, and I do things like that. No wonder. And then you may be thinking that person doesn't care, but you're like, now that you understand their number or you understand their love language, you're kind of like, this all makes sense. And so also she says, all too often we visit the doctor for our symptoms. We are told it's all in your head and we're sent home to suffer in silence. The treatment is especially common for menstrual issues like fibroids, endometriosis. And as a result, women often are not properly evaluated or diagnosed until years after their symptoms begin. So instead of your health issues being taken seriously, you're told that you're hormonal and that you were dealt the short end of the stick and that your treatment options are limited to taking the pill or possibly having surgery, and that ultimately should just accept that suffering and feeling crappy is your genetic destiny. So she says, can you imagine men being told to be passive, do nothing, and just learn to live with the symptoms? It's unacceptable that women are regulated to suffering. On the flip side, some physicians are quick to dole out prescriptions, synthetic birth control that hijacks your natural hormone cycle, antidepressants that uh, alter your neurochemistry, and the list goes on. More than half of all U.S. women are taking at least one prescription medication, and about 26 million are taking five or more doctor-ordered meds. You guys, that is a lot. I mean, this is where I think you know, where they're saying like, if men had to do this, I think this would have been solved. And I know by having conversations with functional doctors, also interviewing people and talking to other people that an antidepressant is very normal for people to get when they start feeling weird or different or whatever. And it's actually your hormones. So I want you guys to remember this. You may not be experiencing it now. You may experience this in five years, 10 years, maybe you'll never. But if you do, I want you to remember this episode and I want you to think, wait, 
my doctor's handing me an antidepressant and I'm feeling weird. I'm feeling off. I'm feeling down. And maybe you're in your forties, maybe you're in your late thirties, you're in your forties, maybe you're in your early fifties. I want you to remember this conversation and go, you know what? Maybe I need to be on hormones. Maybe I don't need to be on an antidepressant because my functional doctor, they put her on antidepressants and it really messed her up. And that's not what she needed. Her hormones were low. And so I want to give you guys this information so that you know to think about this, because if no one is telling you this, if no one's talking about this, you have no clue to even bring this up. And I do want to say that some doctors may kind of shut you down. They may be like, no, you don't need that. They may make you try to like think you're stupid, that you're not the doctor, that you don't know, or you're listening to quacks, or you're listening to people who don't know. I want you to trust your gut. I want you to talk to multiple people. I want you to do your research. And so I want to end with this so that you guys hear this. It says, even the new trend towards biohacking, using food supplements and more to optimize our well-being falls short because it doesn't take our cyclical nature into consideration. Just look at the diet and fitness industry. Can you you show me one trendy, well-known diet or workout that's based on a woman's hormonal cycle. That's because most diet and exercise research has been conducted on men, not women. Check out these sad statistics. Women account for only 39% of uh, participants in exercise studies. When the XX chromosome crowd does, um, does make the cut in sports and exercise research, we are often studied only during the first half of our cycle when hormone levels are low, or only if we're taking hormonal birth control. In fact, women have been historically underrepresented in health, drug, and biological research. Here's a quick timeline of some of the women's foundational health research and the shocking absence of women. So just to give you guys an idea, it says in the year 1958, a trial on the physical and cognitive changes and chronic diseases that come with natural aging called the Baltimore longitudinal study of aging, sorry, I really like smashed that up, was launched for its first 20 years. It included more than 1,000 men and exactly zero women. Like you guys, they're, it's talking about doing a study on physical and cognitive changes and they're only doing it on men. Okay, let's jump to like one that's maybe more recent. So the year 1985, by this date, the Public Health Service Task Force on Women's Health Issues concluded that the historical lack of research focus on women's health concerns has compromised the quality of health information available to women as well as the health care they receive. So it's just, they're saying too, that men are preferred as research subjects because of their 24-hour hormonal circadian pattern. And it makes it more complex because we have the 28-day cycle. So it's like, oh, how are we going to figure this out? Like it's all over the place, right? And so then nobody is really researching what we need for women. I'm pretty sure I heard this somewhere that they were testing something um, with only water. It was almost like a feminine product and they were testing it with water, not blood. And this whole time, like that's kind of mind blowing to me because- that's what it's supposed to do is supposed to like hold blood. Like if it was a pad, a tampon, I'm not sure what it was. And they had only been using blood. I mean, water up to this point. And we all know water and blood is not the same consistency. And so I just wanted to mention this to you guys. If you guys want to go get these books, um, you want to listen to them, you want to go research Elisa Vitti. And she's all about the cycle syncing method and just kind of timing everything. And like I said, um, I want to talk about this some more. Um, I'm hoping to have more people come on and talk about cycle syncing and um, the food component. She does talk about eating a certain way on your cycle. I haven't done that because 
it does get specific. And I don't know if I can follow that. But, you know, as I get older, I may feel like, oh man, these symptoms are getting rough, that maybe changing things over might help me to feel my best and all this kind of stuff. Like if my mood swings are getting bad or just I'm getting tired or whatnot, I do think the food plays a huge role. So I just wanted to give you guys this glimpse of things. I wanted to kind of share this. I want you to have an open mind. I want you to ask questions. I want you to research. I don't want you, you know, going through menopause and thinking, okay, why didn't I know that like this might've been good for me to do A, B, C, and D. Um, yeah. And like I said, if you are on, you know, birth control of any kind, this is not to shame you. This is not to make you feel bad. It's more just to say, Hey, this is something that you may want to look into. It's important. Um, you may want to make different decisions, knowing different information. Um, and if you guys want to jump on a coaching call, um, I would love to meet you. If you're just kind of like, you know what, I don't really have anybody to talk to you. I'm not ready to talk to a doctor. Um, I'd love to, you know, talk to you about this. You could pick my brain. Um, you know, we can talk about anything you need to. Like, I'm all about. For me, the I think too the reasons why the food is challenging is because the way that I lost weight and the way that I help my clients is I say, eat the way that you're going to keep your weight off. And so this changes it a little bit, but sometimes you do need to eat in a way that's medicinal, that's going to heal you. But if this all seems overwhelming and you just want to jump on a coaching call, you just go to Amber at mominspiredshow.com. Um, you can email me there, um, and say, Hey, I want to set up a time. Um, did I just give you the wrong thing? No, you just go to that. That's you can email me for sure. And you can go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching, grab a time that works for you. You can DM me at um, mom inspired living. I'd love to meet you and hear from you. But if you just feel like, you know what, I kind of want to dip my toe in this. I kind of want to ask you some questions. I just want to see how this works or how this worked for you. I would love to help you. I'd love to walk you through brainstorm with you. So uh, make sure to reach out to me or even just to say, Hey, I like this episode, or this was really good. You want to know more information on it. You'd love to hear, you know, more guests come on. I would love to know your thoughts on this. So um, I hope this is really helpful. I hope this inspires you guys to think outside the box and encourages you to think about how to, you know, have a better you know, quality of life as we get older, instead of just being like, well, I guess this is just how it's going to be. Um, just know that that's not the case. It doesn't have to be that way. All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoy this episode and I'll see you next time. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you love this episode, I would love for you to tag me at mom inspired living on IG stories. So I can personally thank you for sharing this. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week. 